Hey, Jay-Z. Hey, Caroline. Guess what? What? The world isn't all bad because something good happened. Welcome to Something Good Happened, the podcast where we break through the negative news cycle with stories of positive news and kindness. This week, we sat down with Garvin Thomas from NBC Bay Area. Garvin is the person behind the Bay Area Proud series that reports positive news stories from our Bay Area. You've heard one of his stories before in Season 2, Episode 2, Years of Clearing Trash from South Bay Creek Pays Off, Salmon Return. Well, hello, Garvin. How are you doing? Very well. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Um, well, we always start off with the question, what's something good that happened to you this week? So, Oh, something good that happened to me this week. Um, well, a couple of uh, good news in the family. Um, there's a... Uh, there's a, a school where we live that uh, is a it's a public school, but it's kind of a lottery to get into because it's a good school, and, yeah. and so uh, our oldest child uh, was ex- got in the lottery there. So that's <laughs> an exciting that's an exciting time for us to make that decision about that kind of stuff. But it's a good decision to have to make. So that yeah. was something good. Great, cool. What about you, Jay Z? What's something good that happened to me this week? Actually, a lot of things. Um, you know, some school stuff. I got another grant. For the project I'm working on, so that's really nice. Congratulations! Thanks. Yeah. Well, that's like a grant a week. It's great. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like for half days podcast, I'm just like, yeah, I got another grant. But yeah, yeah that's what I'm working on usually. So it's cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got to spend so much time with my cat this week. It was great. I was a little bit sick, so I was like staying home more, and just got to sleep for so long with my cat, and it was the best thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so for the more focused questions, um, can you tell us a bit about what Bay Area Proud is? Okay. Um, so the Bay Area Proud series is a series of news stories that air Tuesdays and Thursdays in the five o'clock news on NBC Bay Area. Uh, it started in 2012, so I've been doing it for seven years now more than 500 <laughs> stories. Um, it started with something a lot of people are familiar with, the kind of the, the viewer saying, you, there's nothing but bad news on TV. There's nothing but bad news. I watch the newscast and I want to, you know, step out on the ledge. <laughs> and so uh, to my boss's eternal credit at the time, they listened to the viewers and they said, okay, we hear you. And we're gonna we're gonna give you something. We're gonna we're gonna do something about that. We're gonna take this this resource, me, and we're gonna dedicate this time. And so we're gonna we're gonna make sure there's a spot in the news twice a week for good news stories, just Great. to make sure. You know, the the, the thing behind yeah, the world is not all bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is not all bad. And so if we as a news organization are gonna do a good job reflecting that, we have to include some good stuff. And so. Uh, so that's how it, that's how it all started. They said we're gonna we're gonna dedicate a resource to do that, and uh, so I was the lucky one who got to who got picked to do that. I mean, people always ask me about it, and I say, well, I spend my days talking to nice people who do nice things. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty nice way to make a living. Yeah, it's it is great. How has journalism compared for you, like before and after doing the series? Uh, great, great question. Um, uh, one of the inter- interesting things is, uh, so I did the usual daily news, local news, obviously a lot of crime, a lot of a lot of bad news, and I did my best at it. But um, I always, if I got a story that was more of a human interest story or person story, I just got more excited about it, probably did a better job so that when um, 
this opportunity came up and they said, said we want to do this good news stuff, they looked at me and said, that's that's the, the perfect guy for it. So for for me, it is just such a better fit for my passions that, you know, frankly, I do a, I do a good job at it. I do mm-hmm. a better job at it. Yeah. If it's yeah. something you love doing, you give it more energy, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I feel like the work I've been able to do is some of the best that I've ever done in my career. And a big part of that is just it's the subject matter just happens to be a good fit for me. It's not, it, you know, not every, a lot of people, and not every journalist wants to do this job. Mm-hmm. A lot of journalists and thank goodness for them, want to be investigative, bulldog, diggers, and we need them. They're super important. That's just never been my personality. So being able to find this job that's just a perfect fit has meant I've been able to, uh, I think, do do some of my best work. Cool. That's really great. Yeah. Uh, so what made you decide to become a journalist? Uh, I really stumbled into it. Um, you know, you were just saying how uh, you're kind of trying to figure out what you what you're going to do, and you said, you know, you're a kid who reads the reads the news and stuff. Well, I have this funny story where I grew up. I was that kid. Mm-hmm. I would read the newspaper. I would watch the news, but for some reason, I never put two and two together growing up. Like, hey, I could do that. It just <laughs> never. So I went all through college, never having a clue what I wanted to do, and not until I really just stumbled into a newsroom by accident one day Mm -hmm. and kind of said, hey, you guys need any help? And started at the very bottom, you know, logging interviews, typing. And uh, and then I had been doing that for a few months when I kind of looked around at the people who were there and I realized, wow, these these are adults and they've made a career out of this. (laughs) Maybe I could do this. Uh, And so that's it. So it was, and then only later, you know, once I had started on the career, I looked back and I said, oh, my gosh, what was I thinking? How did I how did it never occur to me that this was the perfect job for me? And it's uh, aside from waiting tables for one year out of college, it's the only job. I, it's yeah, this is my 30th year wow. of doing of doing journalism. And, I, and even even the Bay Area Proud particularly has been a highlight for me, but never been a day that I didn't want to go to work, that I didn't love what I did, even when That's I was sweet. covering all all sorts of stuff, oh, but but it was really, I gotta say, by accident, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's great. Um, so one of the things that I like noticed is it seems like it's only in local news that you really find these positive stories, and I think it's part of it being like human interest. But why do you think it's local news rather than national news that can find these positive stories? Um. That's good. There are a couple. I mean, the, the most notable is there's a gentleman who works for CBS News named, named Steve Hartman. And they similar, they have a dedicated time. So if you watch CBS National News Friday night, they end every Friday night with his stories. And he's a master at, at telling these stories. So there is there are some in there. But um, that's a good question. I don't think I know. I, I'm not sure I know an answer to that as, as to why it would be more in local news. Um, maybe we have a closer connection to our viewers. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're working on a national level, you're not interacting, yeah. really mm-hmm. interacting with the community you're reporting yeah. on every single day. And we, and we do that. So we I think we have a closer connection. So maybe people are more likely to reach out to us or, or 
you know, say to us, hey, I know this guy who's doing something good. You should do a story about or about that person. Probably a closer connection to the community would be my guess. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. What do you think, the from being closer to the community, what do you think is the best story that you've been, been able to find by, like, having that connection? Oh, um... Uh, interesting, you know. I, uh, people always say, "What's your favorite story?" And I say, "Well, you might as well ask me which is my favorite child." Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, you know. Um, one thing. One thing. I'll, I'll let me say. I'll, I have enjoyed. It has been, you know, doing building this, uh, building the Bay Area Proud franchise is what we call it in television. Has been. It's been slow growing. So when you start doing it seven years ago. You know, nobody knows who you are, so they're not calling you up and saying, hey, I have a good news story. So one of the things I've enjoyed is as we've done it over the years and have so many, I get now I'm really getting calls from people. And what comes to mind is just the beginning of this year. I had a number of stories in a row that were contact from people who I had done stories with in the past, you know, reaching out and saying, hey, you did the story with me. I know a good story for you to do now. And. So those, so that is happening more, and that that um, has led to some really good, uh, good stories as well. What are your like top three stories that you've had in the last year? Oh, oh gosh, um, <laughs> gosh, <they're, laughs> that is a yeah. tough one. Um, let me see. Just you know, if I just think back recently, there was one um, that I did uh, in January, I believe. That was a wonderful story about a baby that had been born premature, very premature, a super preemie at El Camino Hospital in Mountain View. And the mother had abandoned the baby at Mm -hmm. birth. So you had this, I mean, this baby was just about one pound Mm -hmm. and no family around. And the nurses at the uh, neonatal intensive care unit were doing the best medicine they could to help the baby, but the baby wasn't really wasn't growing Mm -hmm. and so they all kind of got together and said what can we do and they said you know the one thing we're missing is is human touch we're we're missing somebody holding the baby and which with a micro preemie is difficult because they have so many wires it's not easy for anybody to pick her up yeah you know but normally it's done by a parent Mm -hmm. you know a parent will do that and they didn't have that so they sent out the word and they got uh half a dozen uh hospital workers to volunteer to hold this baby. And they held the baby seven days a week, two to three hours a day for six weeks. Uh, And they said almost immediately after they started doing it, the baby started to grow. She needed fewer medicines, fewer wires. And she was eventually, so this all happened about 16 months ago. She was adopted by a family, and so now she's 16 months old, and she's doing great. They said even when the the family adopted her, they were warned she might have a whole host of medical problems because of how premature she was, and she has almost none. Wow, that's great. So so that was good. That that one comes to mind comes to mind quickly. And I'll say I'll say one more because it's one that I've done repeatedly over the years, and you guys might appreciate it as high school students. Um, There's a high school in San Jose, Branham High School. And they have, for the past seven years, they do a program every year called Winter Wishes. And at the beginning of the school year, the student leadership team, they ask every person in the school, staff, teachers, students, to make a wish, to write down a wish. 
And some of the wishes are kind of small and silly. You know, I want somebody to deliver Jamba Juice to me in second period. Uh, and so throughout the fall, they do, they grant some of those wishes. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, but every year they're surprised there are just unbelievably emotional and thoughtful wishes and big wishes. So, you know, my best friend's mom is going through cancer treatment and they don't have a lot of money. And I want to give them either some money or some time away or a break, something like that. Or, um, and so those wishes will come and the leadership team will spend months putting together the big wishes, you know, for people who are going through difficult health care, health situations, financial situations. And then they have this big rally at school, everybody there, and they grant these, they surprise these wishes. There was one boy, this most recent one, who had wished his mom as a single mom, works very hard. He had wished for her to get a night out, you know some babysitting yeah. and a dinner out. What he didn't know is his friends got together and knew mm. that they had really big orthodontra bills mm. and said, we wish to pay off their bills. So oh, he wow. was surprised oh. with like the $6,000 that braces cost. Wow. They took care yeah. of that. And this all happens in front of the whole school. Unbelievably emotional as you can imagine. Yeah. But what I did, what's so great about this is for the general student body, they understand the struggles that their peers are going through that you don't always see. You mm -hmm. look around at your peers and their Instagram feeds and, oh my gosh, their life is perfect. You begin to understand, no, there are real struggles around you. Mm -hmm. And then for those who are struggling, often quietly, they realize that, hey, if I say something, look at the support I get. So there's this wonderful connection. Yeah. So uh, I've gone back four years in a row to this one <laughs> event because, yeah. because I'm so impressed by it and the wishes are always different. And yeah. I always end up saying, I wish every, I wish every high school in the country did something like this because what it does to bring them together and teach empathy to the student body and bravery to those going through tough times. It's yeah. something great. So those are two just recently that, that come to mind. Wow. That's really awesome. Um, how do you go about finding these stories? Um, you know, I, I work by myself, um, so I'm, you know, I'm the, the reporter, the photographer, the editor, and everything. So putting the stories together is pretty time-consuming. I don't really have the opportunity to search out stories very much, so mm -hmm. what I, I rely on people sending me ideas. Um, now, fortunately, I have a whole news organization that helps me, so mm -hmm. if anybody calls the station and says, hey, I have a good news story, they'll send that person to me. So that's good. So that's that's yeah. lots of eyes and ears out there. Or if somebody's out doing a story, you know, about a car crash or a house fire or that, and somebody walks up to them and says, oh, you know, you should do a story about this good news story down the street, where in the past mm -hmm. they wouldn't have had done anything yeah. with it, they can say, okay, call this guy. So I get a lot of support there. But as the, as the franchise has grown and gotten more well-known, I get a lot of direct contact from viewers. But I mean, yeah, they, the stories come from from viewers, from people who are familiar with the program, reaching out and saying, I got, I got something for you. You know, um, the story about the micro preemie baby. Mm -hmm. I had worked with a woman on a previous story. And so when she heard about that, she called me and, and that's great. And one of the things I'm very proud of with the whole series are these are, these are exclusive stories. These mm -hmm. are only on, you know, that, which is important yeah. in our business yeah. to be the only one to have to have these stories and so that that helps too when they call you directly you say yeah. you can call anybody else right they say no <laughs> yeah. good so there's still it may be good news but it's still competitive yeah. speaking of competitive can you settle an argument within the podcast uh -oh. is cereal a soup <laughs> <laughs> uh the answer is no 
Wow. Great. What, what, what if there's milk in it, right? Uh, no, it? no, it's cereal. So milk and cereal is like no. soup seasoning. Uh, no, I, no. Uh, no. Uh. Okay. So, thank you. I appreciate that answer. What, what is that? What is that old phrase? Uh, wisdom. Uh, wisdom is knowing that uh, tomato is a fruit. <laughs> common sense is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. <laughs> so I think this is a wisdom versus common sense. Yes, you can make a you yes. can make a rational argument that it's soup, but common sense is it's yeah. Great, thanks. Um, do you have any advice for people in the future looking for positive news stories and? for trying to embrace positivity in their lives? Uh, you know, the, obviously the, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to have lived in a, in a pre-internet world and now an internet world. And um, one of the things that, whether it's good news or people complain about all sorts of ills in the news business, you have the power within you to find the best journalism in the world. You know, it's all, it's all out there. If you don't feel like, you know, people say you're not covering this story enough, you're not going Somebody is, you know, it takes a little effort, but you can find it. And it's the same thing with positive news. It's out there. And so just with the slightest bit of, of effort, people can, people can find good news, uh, good news out there. So that's the wonderful thing about, about the internet. There's lots of not wonderful things about the internet, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can, you can find, you can find that good stuff out there just with a little bit of, with a little bit of effort. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank I you. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. It was my pleasure. Cool. Cool. Thank you to Garvin for talking with us. Now Lauren and Willie are going to share a positive news story with us from Germany because apparently 7% of you are from Germany. So that's cool. Hello, I'm Willie. And I'm Lauren. And we have some special news from the local DE from Germany. So they did an article on a local German teacher who spotlights happiness through the eyes of a child. So basically... It all started in Offenburg, near Frankfurt, where dance teacher Karina Silman began by asking the question, what is a happy day for you? To find the best answers, she began asking the children, ages 7 through 12, in dance, her class. Silman said uh, she loves the honesty that children have and was curious of their answers. So she began collecting their answers in the forms of letters. It shows that the simple things makes us happy. Soman is an avid world traveler. She wanted to find out herself what happiness was to children around the world. She traveled from Bolivia to Thailand. In February of 2018, she started Children's Happy Days Project. And through her blog and connections in other countries, she began asking for letters uh, from children around the world. The Children's Happy Days Project has received 52 letters from 16 different countries and responds to each of them individually and personally with help from her friends who can translate. She posts the letters that she receives from children on her website to remind what happiness looks like from the eyes of a child. It's good to see the world through the eyes of a child, said Silman, who continues to collect letters through post. We often forget what's important. Thanks to everybody who's doing something good in the world and the people who report it. Links to articles we found are in the show notes. You can follow us and share your positive news stories on Instagram and Twitter at SGH Podcast or email us at mcsomethinggoodhappened at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on iTunes or share it with someone who could have their day brightened. This podcast was hosted by myself, Caroline Rumer, Jay-Z, Lauren, and Willie. It was produced by me and edited by Elias. 
Music is by Keaton S. Thanks to the rest of our team, Rebecca, Lila, Gianna, Anya, Stanley, and Frank. Remember, good things happen and have a great day.